Welcome <laughs> to another episode of Drive It to the Riz with your favorite hosts, Larry and Inelia and Dora. Dora. We're doing a per monster today. <laughs> yes. And Phoebe. Which I'm surprised she let her get close. Now, usually she's like. Doesn't matter. She's not a fan of cat in my face. <laughs> Oh, That's closer. <laughs> <laughs> too close. A little bit too close. She's giving her the eye, honey. Yeah, she's looking at the eye. <laughs> <laughs> if looks could communicate, which they are. They are communicating. No, not my pillow. Oh, she can get close to you, but not to me. Oh, not on the computer. <laughs> Come on, door. Here, up here where cats are supposed to be. Yes, there you go. Okay. All right. So let's get to business. It's very important business here. Yes. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Yes. Shall I read it? Yes, since it's you. Should I read all of it? Yes, since it's you talking. Yeah, go ahead. Give it a read. Give it if somewhere in the middle I find something interesting, you know. We can talk about it. We'll talk about it. Who is waiting for us? Who is waiting for us? Mm -hmm. While using the video. Reconnecting to your highest frequency, which other people know as the Lemurian song. During my work on some power objects that support the owner in their ascension process, I saw a vision. The vision was that of a group of people, all extremely high frequency, all looking at us from a gap in the light-dark paradigm matrix. I felt into this group, and the energy was incredible. It was an energy of pure love, light, and joy. It was a momentous occasion that seemed to last an eternity and back again. After calming down a bit, I became curious and wanted to know, who are these people? Shock and surprise, it was us. It was us when we step out of the chicken scratches and low frequency engagements, out of linear time and limitations. Just a little note here. So if you don't uh, haven't read the words chicken scratches before, that's what I, we watch our chickens do quite often. Yes. It's a word that I came up with uh, when I was a little kid. <clears throat> and I was at my grandma's house and she had chickens. And um, it was one of these South American country houses with the main eating area outside, but sheltered um, from the sun and the rain, going out quite a ways. But from the yard, and it was about an acre big, uh, the yard was about an acre, um, from a, from the yard I could see the house, that area where all the people, the adults were working, doing things to get the food ready, or I think they were preparing food for the winter actually, because mm -hmm. it was a big production. And I could see the chickens in front of that area, and I was, I was fascinated by the chickens, and they were... <laughs> moving and they were fighting with each other and they had a whole dynamic going um pecking order i suppose we could call it and um they kept fighting with each other but also scratching the ground and for them i could see that it was the most important thing on the planet they had no awareness of anything else except their own little world and the, the scratches on the floor and scratching at each other or scratching at the floor and stuff like that and then I looked up and I saw the adults 
doing exactly the same thing. They were so focused on their thing that they were doing, you know. And so a couple of them started arguing, and then you know, <laughs> poof, poof, and they moved away from each other. And the other ones carried on working. Another one came to see what was going on. It was the same. It was the same thing. And then it, I figured out as a little kid, wow, when people people don't know that they are behaving and acting in the same way as chickens are. And that their scratches are the most important thing on the planet. And this chicken scratches, of course, because of the word scratches, is like irritations, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, that is pretty amazing. I was pretty impressed. Anyway, that's where that word comes from. It, it kind of it kind of illuminates a little bit about body and soul. As in, body has chicken scratches and soul has different kind of... Mm, focuses, Focuses, maybe? maybe? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was just tapping into my body earlier today <clears throat> because I had a back injury and recently and um, I was testing to see, you know, what, what my body was saying and why she was doing that, you know. And then I got some information from my body that to her is super important, mm-hmm. but to us, it's like, really... <laughs> so like a chicken scratch yeah yeah like a chicken scratch <clears throat> it's very important yeah, yeah to a body yeah so it's like okay i understand that it's important to you right i understand we figure something out that type of energy brought in you know mm-hmm. anyways so, so, so did, that, what do we figure it out that the the was what yeah that what we're gonna do for your body Oh, yeah. Okay. So, well, not figured it out, but we will. (laughs) We? Yes. Okay. I was like, holy smokes. I realized in that instant that what we were doing here, actively using the tools and embodying the high-frequency pardon is actually working now. When we do embody our true frequency, the change is instant, and the effect also. And as a group, we were billions, by the way. We are powerful. We're not just powerful, but we're also unaffected by others' low-frequency engagements and choices. We're wise, we're able, capable, creative, inspired and inspiring. We're the freaking bee's knees. I had to share with this with you right away. We're doing this. What do you think about that? Because to me, it was, first of all, tapping into that state that we are, right? And yes, you can use the same uh, video. We're going to have a, a link yeah, to I it. Think, I think it'd be good if, like right here, maybe Ilya paused or Sandra paused it and played the video, or the, a little bit. the audio of it, a clip of it. Give it like 10, 15, 20 seconds, 30 seconds or something. Yeah, so right. And then just... Use that opportunity to tap in, tap into what she saw. And, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're there too. Right, exactly. I mean, 99.9% chance if you're listening to here, all the way to here, then you are also there, Mm -hmm. looking back at you. And, you know, it can give you, I think, 
when things are a little bit uh, challenging, you know, you're sort of indulging a little yes. bit. When the challenge becomes um, debilitating, mm -hmm. challenge can, doesn't have to be debilitating. You know, you could have like it's really hard to find my matching socks in my drawer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a challenge to find matching socks, right? So it doesn't it it can be like the the um you don't have to make a big deal out of it. It's not it's a tiny chicken scratch, right? Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. try to make a big deal about it. what the big deal about um now is the embodying the high frequency. That's mm -hmm. that's the big deal. That's the uh Chicken scratch antidote in a way. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when you find yourself indulging or engaging in the low frequency, then you become aware first. You become all. aware, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I see, I see. This, this is, is this is one of those things to help create a light dark reality. Yeah. Yeah. This is how you keep it, gain maintain it and build it and hold it in place and Feed it. Feed it and nurture it and, uh, well, you know, basically co-create it with all those who agree with you. But, you know, life's tough and things are difficult. It's really a challenge and, mm -hmm. you know, you got to fight your way through it and those kind <laughs> of things, you know. It reminds me of that conversation we've been having today with a couple of friends, two, three yeah. friends, um, about history and how the retelling of history in a very emotional way to depict something that was horrible harsh hard and terrible really affects us because it kind of takes away a lot of um our energy of doing how to move forward and it programs us into a different paradigm of victim aggressor like everybody's out to get you all these type of things right we're reading a little bit about Oregon Trail and the Oregon Trail stories you know 90 percent and I don't know about everyone, but when I was young, we had the, one of the very first games on the computer when computers first started coming into schools, you know, mm -hmm. in the 80s. And there was a game called Oregon Trail. And for some reason, every single school had to play Oregon Trail. Mm -hmm. Massachusetts. For some reason. Mac, Mac, M E C C was the name of the writer. It was like Massachusetts Education Community College, or, I yeah. don't know, something like that. <laughs> but it was a, it was a, it was intended in our minds to illustrate uh, planning, right? You had mm -hmm. a plan, and then you carry out your plan, and then deal with things that happen. And do you bring extra food? Do you bring extra supplies to fix things? What do you do? You're going to have a limited amount you can bring, and mm -hmm. plan to make this trip and not die. Mm -hmm. the, the idea of the game is not die before die. the end of it yeah. and making it to the end of the Oregon Trail was a giant uh, catastrophe after catastrophe that they had planned for and probably everybody's going to die but if you get things exactly right you might not die mm -hmm. although somewhere around half a million people made it and somewhere <laughs> around 20,000 people didn't Yes, and you know 20,000 out of a half a million that's still a, a lot, but it's not the majority of the right. stories. So the majority of the stories might actually have been what we would, and say, 10, 20 years ago. It wouldn't be newsworthy. We you know, right. got in our wagon. We put all our food in there. We mm -hmm. uh, got some bullets or whatever, and we took across this trail, and it rained, 
And then there was a rainbow. It was the most beautiful thing. And we came up these mountains and they were just snap snow on the top. It was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And we uh, came across this village of uh, Indians and they wanted to trade with us. They had some of the most amazing, you know, leather goods. Because it's like their their bread and butter was leather. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of bread and butter and they wanted some of that. So, you know, we <laughs> traded bread and butter for leather. And then we got over the mountains and I found this valley and it's the most beautiful valley. It was just the most amazing trip. It changed my life. And it was a positive story, but that's not what you were Apparently that's not newsworthy. No. And it's interesting that they did that with the with the schools because yeah. that programs millions of children around the world, the country, right? And yeah, it's it's not like the story, the real stories are they're different. But it gives us that chicken scratch thing that, well, you know, you think you have it bad? Well, in the 1800s or late 1800s, early 1900s, it was really bad. And everybody was out to get you and kill you. Everyone, you know, the bandits, the Indians, the the Swiss, whatever. <laughs> They're all trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. But the, the stories diseases. around here, it's yeah. like... What was the story that everybody talks about in this area is, oh, yeah, my family, they had to go to the Maca tribe and they would put them in canoes with all of their things. Because they had giant canoes. Giant canoes with all of their, their pianos and their stoves, iron stoves and everything, and take them over to the beach where a group of the Swedes, the, the Swedes would come over and help you carry everything up the hills and settle you down in your land and help you build your house that is a very different story radically different story right right and they made it here with all their stuff on what there were no roads allegedly (laughs) so So, yeah it kind of gives you a a a healthy skepticism of the things that you read Mm -hmm. just remember that oftentimes you know to create the reality that you have, it requires a lot of focus on the focus on something, right? Mm-hmm. So all of these focuses on what's newsworthy being dramatic or dangerous or deadly or catastrophic or impossible odds overcome or, you know, big. Big all of chicken those scratches. Big chicken scratches, right? Survival. Yeah. Um, all of those things make a reality of that, right? Yeah. And so... If we instead focus a little bit on, I guess that would be 400 and some thousands people's experience where nobody died and it was excellent. (laughs) That's like the vast majority. Yes. (laughs) If we read those stories, we might find our impression of the whole thing different, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, very different. And not only that, our experience of that whole thing different. And Mm -hmm. our experience becomes, in a sense, our emotions of what we're projecting onto what experience right. we're having. Yeah. Right. So it isn't to say living in a mud hut is like the bee's knees. But for some people, living in a mud hut is a bee's knees. Yep. That's what they always dreamed about. Yep. Like the, the Tulia lady, mud hut girl. Yeah. She <laughs> loves her mud hut. Yes. And she built it and it's beautiful and has wonderful walls and curls and gorgeous. curls and gorgeous yeah. and stones and things that like that. That is the bee's knees. <laughs> That's a bee's knees for, so. for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was quite funny. Yeah. So anyway, uh, 
in the newsletter, we were looking back at ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that we means that's we. We isn't a thousand years from now, clearly, no. because we're not probably going to live no thousand years. Right. So that's within our generation of memory, mm -hmm. looking back at yourself. Yeah. And uh, the way that we did it, right, mm -hmm. was by focusing on some of these tools. Yeah. And these tools are a universal type tool. Yeah. It's not this is the only tool, nope. and this is the only person who has the only tool that will get you there. It's like this tool works. works. <laughs> it. And other tools just yeah. like it will work too. Yes. And if you find those tools, share, share them. them. <laughs> if you like this tool, share them. Share it. Yeah. Right. And then have the talk about it. It's like when you start sit down with uh, some of your high-frequency friends, and mm. they're indulging a little bit, and you listen to their stories, you can, you know commiserate mm -hmm. and fall into yeah i had that and you know i broke my toe too mm -hmm. i had to fix my tire and i broke my toe yes. and, it <laughs> and it was raining it was snowing for the other one <laughs> yeah it was snowing for me well it was freezing cold snow so i mean if you tell you've done snow frozen tire with a broken toe, with a broken toe plus yeah. it's dark and our light didn't work yeah like oh yeah you had a light <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't have tools. <laughs> I didn't have tools. I had to walk three miles with a broken toe to borrow a tool. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, sometimes you can go down the story for humor. Yes. Humor's sake. But see, the end of this story was um, laughter. Mm -hmm. The intent of the star of the story was laughter. Yeah. I'm not trying to prove I had a harder. Right. I'm trying to generate. High frequency. Yes. And so that's what these tools are like. So every circumstance is different. And sometimes people just need a, yes, I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't have to feed it. You have to throw some kindling on there. Yeah. Right. Or it's like, yes, I understand. And I, when I had a similar situation, um, this music helped me. Mm -hmm. Or focusing on this helped me. Or, you know. And sometimes you don't understand because sometimes you've you never, you ever. never been some through that. And that's exactly what you can say, you know. Mm -hmm. I, can't like I can't imagine can't imagine what you're going through right now, but I'm there for you. And I think 90%, probably even higher than that, 90% of the time, what really is all that's required is hearing. Yes. And understanding. And yes, I hear you. Yep, I hear you. Yep, and then, you, then, then we can move right through and pass, right? <laughs> yes. Like, yes, I hear you. Yes. So, um, basically, don't indulge in the chicken scratches. <laughs> but also, um, understand people can become yeah stuck in their chicken scratches, and they there can. are people that are high frequency and they're around you. Yes. Yeah. And uh, there's also people, we must say. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't everyone on the planet looking back at you mm -hmm. who find the chicken scratches. Highly stimulating. Very much the point and purpose. Of life. Of life, yes. yes. And those ones, those people, I mean, uh, well. You don't have to feed it. I mean, they're going to invite you to their chicken scratches all the time. Yeah. I call it Inviting you to engage, yeah, right? Invitation to engage. Invitations right. to engage. And 
you can say no. Okay. And sometimes you can pretend that you're in it so that you can get out. Because they, they latch on to you, you know, especially if you um, have affections for them. You know, you're, you're, you love them or whatever. People that you love. Or even people at work, you know, you can't really just tell them to go away or whatever. You know, then you learn how to manage it. You learn how to minimize the, engage, the feeding of that flow frequency stuff. Right. And you'll find, I think, that if you aren't feeding it, then that you're not a very interesting person to talk to about this because you don't take yeah. the, you don't take the they bait very interest, well. Yeah, it's just, you're interest. not interesting. You won't you won't talk about the good stuff. You'll only talk about the boring la la stuff or whatever, yeah. you know. Like And about that, about the not feeding it and not engaging, this month we're gonna be doing a class on possession. <laughs> oh yeah, that's and right. And how to protect yourself. Funnily enough, it's related. it's related. It's related. Like, we're waiting for ourselves in that high-frequency state. And at the moment, there's millions of, millions of ways in which people want to engage you to stay in a low-frequency state. And one of those ways is through energies and beings on the planet who feed off Fear and anger, sadness, suffering, pain. They're very, very stimulate. They stimulate that. Yeah. Because more of that mm -hmm. means happier than. Yeah. And yeah. what they do possess, possess means like to take something without permission. People. And a lot of people have this, you know, they don't even. It's not like a big thing because in the movies and things they show you these it's a dramatic, really dramatic it takes thing. over everything yeah like they foam at the mouth and they have red black eyes or red eyes or but it's not necessarily like that right most of the time it isn't most of the time it's when you feel like i'm acting like i'm not acting like myself that wasn't me like i'm not yeah. usually that way when you say those words usually it means that there's a case of possession there and it can be just a few minutes, and sometimes people keep on keep them on for ages. And it is it's about removing those and removing the programs that allow you to even be possessed by low frequency invitations, or you know, it's like somebody's engaging in drama and whatever, and so you go full charge. That type of engagement and all these things, we remove those, and by removing the lowest denominators from our lives like the fear the anger righteousness all these type of things we automatically start going into our natural state which is a high frequency state and that is the state we were looking at ourselves from that really high frequency natural the that's state unaffected the one yeah. that's unaffected right yeah. yeah because you know you may do all the things in the world to stop yourself from like being possessed or being mm -hmm. low frequency or engaging in all that other stuff but what about everyone around you right right so you know your brother or your sister or your cousin or your neighbor or whatever they're mm -hmm. like um indulging in all the negative low frequency things that they can add up all of yes. the additions all of the things they can have and they're you know <laughs> yeah. are you unaffected or are you affected to a great deal by them mm -hmm. and they're experiences of possession or low frequency or whatever right yes. so at some point at some point um tapping into 
the you in the future looking back at you in the now because uh something about time i think it's mm-hmm. time becomes a little bit less solid when you're connecting with your bigger you mm-hmm. right the unaffected you the, the you that's unaffected by that just sit with you for a little while yeah yeah and the tool to get you there that uh reconnecting tool the one we listen to that's one that works yeah and aka the lemurian song <laughs> the lemurian song right yeah that's a popular name i think we have to change the name once <laughs> i think so because it's certainly descriptive i mean it's yes it's uh a little too fancy <laughs> the lemurian song yes i like that So listen to the Lemurian song. Yes. Give it a go. Sit there. Connect with your future self, the high frequency you're looking back. Mm-hmm. And you can have conversation. You can have a conversation in words and images and visualize. And you can have a conversation in uh, just experience mm-hmm. and just sit with the, oh, I know I'm going to be like, <laughs> I know that's what I'm making. I know that's what I'm making. I know that. Is, so it'll like be your bigger, bigger chicken scratch, I guess. Yes. Oopsie. <laughs> the rice <laughs> was speaking. <laughs> We took a little pause. Yeah. That's why it went ding, ding, a little bit. So, um, I guess from the larger world perspective, there was a, like a, a feeling, there's feelings or information that are being brought that when you tap into that ourselves when we tap into ourselves in the future not that distance of a future and see the energy and the frequency which we're actually are and expressing on earth we can see that these little or these data points that or this information that we're given about the world about our societies about our history and um about what's happening right now on on earth it's all artificial it's all created to stop us or stop the people who are choosing to stay in the low frequency paradigm from reaching that place of joy light love you know and it's like the the dynamic of the equation is very very simple you remove the low frequency stuff And you become that expanded awareness. You become your true self. And the limitations as well. We limit ourselves in all sorts of different ways. And those limitations are not necessary, quite honestly. We don't need half of the limitations that we put on ourselves. We don't need them. Definitely not in a high-frequency life. Right. But if you want to keep a low frequency one, then you, you do. Need, you, you do need, need that. That's you the need whole to, point. Yes, you need limitations for to keep a low frequency life, for right. sure. Yeah. I think I'm getting it. I think it's coming clearer. Yeah, it's coming it comes clear. clearer and clearer every day. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Then at choice points, yes. you make it these choice points. You can think of this as a choice point. It's a choice point of embodying that that I will be or holding on to that mm-hmm. that I no longer am. Mm-hmm. Which one do I want? Right, right. And the other part of it, to me, is like the the thing that I was creating is um, power objects, and they're called um, path to ascension. They're, you know, they're, they're um, mixed media acrylic on canvas and things. And 
to me, that was interesting to start making those. When I started making them, I don't know who the owners, the future owners are. Mm-hmm. But they contain the path and they contain the goal, right? And they contain the starting point. And to me, that was interesting because, I mean, I don't believe in coincidences. So when I was playing that music and I was working on their objects and the vision came, the vision was very clear. The vision wasn't one person in a state of ascension. It wasn't like my personal ascension type energy. It was literally millions, billions of people on the planet. And that experience is so overwhelmingly amazing, right? I was just like, oh, wow. It was, I had to calm down because it was that difference. I don't know if I'm expressing it right, but it is such a different dynamic to what we've been taught up to this point, which is your personal ascension, your personal enlightenment and stuff like that. And it's almost like if you say your personal enlightenment is a contradiction in terms that you can never be enlightened if you stay by yourself, and just for I, me, and myself, right? And it is that larger thing. It's you connect with your larger self and with all those other people of that frequency. And it's not a path out of the earth, but it is a path that you can stay on earth or leave it at any time, right? So when when I was studying Buddhism, like mm-hmm. the they talked about the cycle of life and death, and how to escape the cycle of life and death and rebirth, right? The right. Death and rebirth. And when I looked at it and I was studying, uh, studying the sutras, I saw that just by the words, people can misinterpret that teaching. And when I looked at it and I followed that energy line, it was so simple. It was, if you become enlightened, you, you don't have to, you're not longer... Um, stuck in the cycle of uh, death and rebirth or life and death because you can choose it. You can make a conscious choice of, you know what, I'm not going to be reborn or, yeah, I'm going to be reborn and how and where and with what experiences. That was it. So it was no longer like a cycle that you're on, on automatic. You stop and you can make a choice. About how, what, when, where. Yeah. Instead of, I gotta, I have to pick that. That's my mm-hmm. only choice. So imagine that energy, but on a global scale. Imagine that energy on billions of people. Oh, well, I can choose now, not just about birth and death, but I'm going to choose what experience I have today. Oh, we're going to choose what experience we're having on earth. Consciously. Not subconsciously, not pushed by TV shows or computer games on schools and all these other things. And the core essence of humanity is humane. I still remember that newscast when there was the um, the tsunami in Japan, and the newscaster went to get to, to film all the looting and the people stealing things from each other and food and whatever. And what we found, what we, he found was people helping each other and sharing their food and making sure everybody got 
something in their belly that's warm, some shelter. And he's like, oh, what's happening here? This is not what I expected. No news, no news here. No news here. Right. <laughs> but it's like that, you know. Yeah. So when we look at back at ourselves from that place, it's from that state of trust and knowing that we are the people making the decisions for our lives, our lives, not just my life and your life and the kitty cat's life, you know, <laughs> but our lives. Yeah. Anyways, I thought it was a wonderful experience. It is. And I like, and I'm glad that you shared it. You're welcome. Love you. Honey. Love you.